so over the course, is this mic working? Can you hear me okay at the back? It sounds to me like it's not working. Okay, good, thank you. So over the course of this retreat, we've really been emphasizing how all four of these Brahma-Viharas are interrelated qualities that work together to reinforce and to strengthen each other. And that part of the skill of the practice is understanding when and how to practice with each one so that they can work together to keep the heart and mind in balance. So this morning then, Oran led us in a beautiful exploration of compassion, the heart quality that naturally arises when metta turns towards what's difficult or painful. So this afternoon, in the service of balance, I'm going to offer some reflections on mudita, or appreciative joy. And this is the quality you might remember that sits at the opposite point of the diamond from compassion. And again, it can naturally arise when metta turns towards what's going well, towards success, happiness, good fortune. And as I think I mentioned the other night, traditionally this mudita is oriented towards other people's success and good fortune more than our own. But if we go back to the practice that we've been chanting in the evenings, you'll see that in that context, mudita is named as simple gladness, just gladness. And the invitation in that chant is to pervade that gladness in all directions and to all as to myself. So in that context, it can include we ourselves. I'll say a little bit more about that soon, but just as a reminder how Caroline Burroughs and Paul Jones talked to... Sorry, Caroline Jones and Paul Burroughs, good to get their names right, how they describe this quality as mudita being the love that celebrates, and it's an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, upeka or equanimity brings the heart back into balance. So that's, for me, an inspiring description. Mudita is the love that celebrates. And though at first it might seem counterintuitive to celebrate other people's happiness and good fortune, if we take it on as a practice we start to discover that it actually increases our own happiness as well. So there's quite a well-known verse from the Tibetan master Shantideva that makes this point very succinctly. He says, All the joy the world contains has come through wishing happiness for others. All the misery the world contains has come from wanting pleasure for oneself. Do you have a sense of that? That when we're oriented towards others' happiness, it increases our own happiness. And having said that, for many people, mudita is the hardest of the four of these Brahmaviharas to develop. So in the groups I've spoken to many of you about how these Brahmavihara practices are what are euphemistically called purification practices, which means that they're designed to show us what gets in the way because it's only by seeing what gets in the way that we have a chance to work with it and help it to release. 
So often when we're invited, as with mudita practice, to turn towards more pleasant aspects of our experience, we encounter the mind's inbuilt negativity bias. So the fact that biologically we are hardwired to some extent to pay more attention to what's unpleasant than to what's pleasant. So just for that reason, it can be good practice to consciously tune in from time to time to pleasant experiences, to start opening up more to the full spectrum of our experience and not fixate so much on that narrow bandwidth of challenge and difficulty and stress. So cultivating joy, this mudita practice, can have a very important role in balancing out that tendency to orient more towards what's difficult than what's going well. And then, as if that wasn't enough, on top of that basic biological conditioning, many of us carry a whole pile of social conditioning too. We've been programmed with deeply conditioned feelings of inadequacy and self-aversion and shame. So sometimes when we try to connect with our capacity for joy and delight and appreciation, we run into a sense of not deserving to be happy. And because these tendencies are so deep-rooted, we often bring them into our Dharma practice too. So we might have an unconscious tendency towards striving and unbalanced effort. And I name that because it's something that was definitely true in my own practice early on. And in my own case, there was an unseen assumption that practice, Dharma practice, is supposed to be hard work. It's supposed to be uncomfortable, it's supposed to be difficult, it's supposed to be painful. And if it's not those things, then obviously I'm not working hard enough, I'm not going deep enough, I'm not doing it right. And if it's enjoyable, wow, I must be seriously off track. (laughs) So you might just notice if there's any trace of that flavor of conditioning in your own practice. And perhaps some unconscious resistance even to the idea that joy might be a necessary part of the practice. The remembering that joy is actually one of the seven factors of awakening. So just an invitation as you work with this practice, just to see if any particular views or beliefs start to come up. Now it is true that the Buddha warned over and over again not to get attached to sense pleasures. But it's the attachment that's the problem, not the sense pleasures themselves. And in my own case, I was so afraid of getting attached to enjoyment that for a while I tried not to feel any kind of pleasure at all. I was actually afraid of it. And I didn't see that actually I developed a form of wrong view, the wrong view that pleasant experience automatically leads to attachment. It's also true that... Feeling joy requires a certain openness, even vulnerability. So it can be a surprising act of courage to let ourselves open to joy, knowing that it's impermanent and at some point it will end. So many of you probably know the work of Brene Brown. She's a research professor who spent nearly two decades researching qualities such as courage and vulnerability and empathy and shame. And during the course of her research, she found that there was a strong link between 
the ability to feel vulnerable and the capacity to experience joy. And in an interview she says, when we wake up every morning and we armor up and we say, I'm not going to let myself be hurt, I'm not going to let myself be seen, I'm not going to let myself be emotionally wrung out, I'm going to practice, I'm going to protect my vulnerability. When we lose that capacity for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. Because in those moments when we do feel joy, the first thing we think is, "Uh uh-oh, you will not blindside me, vulnerability. I will beat you to the punch. I'm going to stand here and squander this incredible moment with my child or my partner or this incredible moment about my promotion. And I'm going to imagine the worst-case scenario. That way, if it happens, it will hurt less. And she goes on to say, to her, it's so ironic that people think that vulnerability is weakness when actually letting ourselves fully soften into feeling is one of the most courageous things we can do. So I share that just by way of encouragement that it does take courage to practice mudita. And fear of vulnerability is, may well be in the terrain as we start to work with it. The second obstacle to this practice is that most of us are subject from our mainstream cultural conditioning, which in the values tends to value individualism and competitiveness. And so it can develop, we can develop a kind of unconscious lack mentality or poverty mentality that there's not enough to go around. And if someone else gets the goodies, then we're going to miss out. And so to try to open up to happiness for other people's happiness might start to trigger the near enemies, or sorry, the far enemies of resentment and envy or jealousy. But again, as we keep emphasizing, this is a training. And with practice, we can gently release those enemies and experience the joy more easily. So in terms of actual practice, traditionally it's done in the way that we have been doing uh, with the reciting phrases in the metta practice. And traditionally, again, we start with where it comes most easily, So we can start small. Mudita doesn't have to be some kind of big ecstatic bliss state. It might be light, fleeting, subtle. And for some people, even the word joy can be a stretch. I know that was true for me in the beginning. It just didn't feel like part of my emotional vocabulary growing up in the north of England. That's not generally a quality we associate with that particular demographic. So... I'll use the word mudita, and then you can insert whatever word feels more accessible for you. Perhaps gladness, or appreciation, or lightness, if not actual delight. So in the reciting phrases method of this practice, the traditional phrases are things like, I'm happy that you're happy. May your happiness and joy continue. May your happiness not leave you. And for myself, those words didn't particularly resonate. So my own phrases that I came up with, and again, you're really encouraged to find what works for you, but 
I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue, may it grow. May it lead to ever-deepening ease and freedom. So for me, I wanted to highlight that the purpose of this joy is not just joy for its own sake, but it's in the service of a deeper opening and understanding. So after you've uh, experimented with the practice today, please feel free to find your own phrases that might resonate more for you. So traditionally, again, we start with someone close to us who's currently experiencing good fortune. Then we go to the benefactor, the neutral person, the difficult person, and then all beings. Again, with the sense that it starts with where it comes most naturally. And in my own practice, I found it helpful to start by orienting the heart and mind towards gratitude. Because when I'm in touch with what I can appreciate in my own experience, it's easier to overcome that sense of lack and connect with the happiness of others. So one way that I do this is by consciously noticing in the present moment any aspects of experience that register as pleasant. Not grasping after them, not resisting them, but just noticing or knowing, oh, pleasant. Very subtle things. Maybe the warmth of the hands touching, the softness of the clothing against the skin. Or if the temperature in the room is pleasant for you, then noticing that. So we can do this on retreat from time to time. And sometimes I actually invite meditators to take a period of walking meditation and to go outside and to register as many pleasant experiences at the sense doors as they possibly can and then to write them down and to share them in a basket. So then I can crowdsource my talk on Mudita and share some of these examples with people. We didn't do that as an exercise here, but just to share a few really simple examples from previous retreats of the kind of things that people came up with and just see if hearing some of these, if it brings any flicker of recognition. So one person named the smell of clean, moist air. My body walking without pain. The crunch of snow underfoot. Seeing the wild turkeys dancing. Warm water on my skin when taking a shower. The taste of delicious food at lunch and not having to cook it. (laughs) Time away from my family. Receiving good guidance and support for my practice. Grateful just to be alive and healthy with an upright mind, surrounded by friends, enjoying ease and freedom. Maybe some of those examples brought up just a little trace of mudita. And if not, please don't try to force or manufacture anything. I'm going to invite us into a guided mudita meditation now and just see if you can approach it with that spirit of openness. Settle back, explore, (coughs) 
see what happens. And if at any point it does become challenging, you can always come back to the simplicity of the breath. That's always time well spent. But if any flickers of mudita do happen to arise, then just allow them to be there, appreciate them. Okay, so taking a few moments just to settle a little more fully into your meditation posture. Coming home to the body. And seeing if you can feel that sense of the body as home. Appreciating that this body currently has good enough health for you to be here now. Settling into the body and letting the weight of the body be received into the support of the earth beneath you. Resting the attention on the experience of breathing for a few moments. Just to steady and stabilize and soothe the body and the heart and the mind. Tuning to that steady rhythm of receiving and releasing as you breathe in, as you breathe out. As we begin orienting to this quality of mudita, the love that celebrates, beginning by finding what we can experience as pleasant within our own bodies, our own experience, right now. Just taking a moment to notice any areas of the body where we tend to habitually store tension or tightness. And seeing if some of that holding might soften, release, relax. Just bringing awareness to one or two key places where we often do hold tension. Noticing the small muscles around the eyes. How 
often with the eyes closed. There's a sense of searching or looking. And the eyelids are sometimes tightly clamped together. Seeing if any tension in the region of the eyes might soften, release, relax. In a similar way around the mouth, We often hold tension. Taking a moment just to notice if the lips are clamped tightly together. The teeth might be slightly gritted. Or the jaw clamped shut. Just taking a moment to notice If there's any tension here that might soften, release, (coughs) relax. And then moving down to the shoulders and just taking a moment to notice how are the shoulders now? Are they up towards the ears? Maybe hunched forward or forced back? You might even roll the shoulders for a moment and see if they can find a natural resting place Releasing any tension in the shoulders that can be released. And if any tension remains, it's okay. This is how it is right now. And bringing awareness to the chest and the natural rhythm of expansion and contraction as you breathe in, as you breathe out. And you might notice that with every out breath there's a very natural sense of softening, releasing, relaxing. A subtle sense of well-being that might come with each in-breath, each out-breath. And then taking a few moments just to continue down through your body. noticing if there are any other areas of tension or tightness or holding. 
can be softened. And then coming back to the whole body sitting and just seeing if there is any slightly greater sense of ease, of well-being. Perhaps a very subtle or refined enjoyment. Just the simple sitting knowing that you're sitting. And staying connected to whatever sense of ease or well-being is available to you now. Bringing to mind someone you're close to whose life is currently going well. Someone that you have a fairly easy relationship with, that you feel a natural sense of warmth and appreciation for. who might be experiencing some particular kind of happiness or success or good fortune. Imagine that person here in the room with you today, perhaps sitting in front of you or to one side, Bringing to mind their presence as vividly as you can. Perhaps by getting a felt sense of their presence. Perhaps visualizing them. Bringing to mind pleasant memories that you've shared with them. Simply by silently reciting their name. As you sit in their presence, bringing to mind all the aspects of their life that you might like to celebrate right now. Sharing in their happiness, their good fortune, their success. And as you connect 
with this good fortune, this happiness, this success. Noticing any responses in your own body and heart and mind. Perhaps a sense of openness, warmth, spaciousness, lightness. Perhaps some flickers of delight. Seeing if there are any subtle responses of mudita, appreciative joy, the love that celebrates. As you continue to sit in the presence of your close person whose life's going well, looking them in the eye, sharing in their good fortune, I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to ever deepening ease and freedom. I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to ever deepening ease and freedom. Continuing in this way, just to connect with the person you're close to and their happiness. Orienting your own heart and mind to mudita, the love that celebrates. Imagining your good friend opening to and receiving the warmth of your mudita energy. If when you notice that the mudita energy has cooled a little or you got distracted, you can simply begin again, connecting with your own well-being, bringing to mind this person you're close to, and celebrating what's going well. Continuing like this in silence now.
I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to ever-deepening ease and freedom. As you stay connected to this energy of mudita at your own heart center, you might see now if it wants to extend just a little further to begin to include all your co-meditators, everyone here in the room with you today. bringing to mind their faces, their presence, the moral support that we offer and receive to each other. Acknowledging and celebrating all of our own good efforts. And we find happiness for our shared happiness. Take joy in this good fortune. May our joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to ever-deepening ease and freedom. Abiding in gladness now to whatever extent it's available. Just a few more minutes.
I'm happy for our happiness. I take joy in our good fortune. May our joy continue. May it grow. It leads to ever-deepening ease and freedom. <laughs> 